0: Hi everyone! Uh, thank you for joining us this lovely afternoon and I'm glad it's not raining today. I just realised this morning actually it's like one week to go to Hari Raya. <laughs> so I was like talking to all the leaning in in the morning I was like, Hey, um, do we have a coffee chat next week? And they were like, Sarah, next is Raya lah. I was like, okay. Oops. So that's what happens when you stay in the house for too long. And then suddenly you're like, oh yeah, next week. Usually the weekend before we start going shopping. (laughs) Can so and so my name is Sarah. Uh I am the lead for people and culture in leading Malaysia. And I'll be your moderator for today. So welcome again, welcome to the coffee chat. And today it's a special session for us. We're, We're actually talking about breastfeeding, because breastfeeding. It is a beautiful journey. It's a bond that you make between the baby and and the mother. And also, let's include the fathers as well. I'm a mother myself. Uh, I have two girls. So one is seven and my second child is two. Um, I breastfed my first child until she was about two years, three months. And I am still breastfeeding my almost two-year-old girl, which she is still refusing to let go. It's a struggle, but it's still it's, it's a wonderful feeling, by the way. Um, uh, today, we have two very special guests joining us, and they're very knowledgeable as well. Um, I just wish I met them earlier before I had my two kids. So we have Dr. Zarina and Puan Norihan, who will share their knowledge and experience uh, in the journey of breastfeeding. Well, I'll just give a short uh, in, uh, introduction for both of them. So... Dr. Zarina, uh, she's a lactation counsellor. She's also a childbirth educator, founder of the parent craft education specialist uh, from clinic uh, family gravity gravity piece. Um, She's been in the medical field for the past 17 years, Uh, was a lecturer in USIM as well. And uh, if you would like to know as well, she's a dust-turned-baby language educator. I hope I mentioned that correctly. And also she's an uh, IAIM infant mas- massage instructor. Wow, okay, so I know who to go to now. <laughs> um, she's a mother of five and breastfed all of her children. So for me too, I'm like, oh my god, i get tired already. <laughs> um, and we have Puan Norehan. So Puan Norehan is a breastfeeding advisor from Pigeon, Malaysia where she helps new moms and make their breastfeeding journey into an enjoyable and memorable one. Uh, She's also, she advises uh, mothers uh, on which products is the most suitable for newborn babies. Um, And being in the industry for over 20 years for Norehan is definitely the person you go to lah. Uh, when you're not sure, like, oh my god, yang eh? Uh, like, oh, am I wasting my money? She will be sharing all these tips uh, in our session today. So, welcome both speakers. So, let's kick off the session. Um, okay, first things first, we want to understand what really is breastfeeding and why is it so important and and also, I mean, like, everyone saying, like, oh, it's such a beautiful journey um, or, oh, but in your minds, if you haven't breastfed before, you'll be thinking like, oh my god, will it sakit? And also, I'm sure you have all these questions. So I'm going to pass over the, the introduction part to Dr. Zarina and let her share first few words on breastfeeding.
1: Alright. Uh, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and a very good afternoon to all mummies uh, inside this webinar. Yeah, thank you, Sarah, for the lovely introduction and thank you to Link in Malaysia for inviting me and Puan Norehan to talk about breastfeeding. It is um, with conjunction with the Happy Mother's Day, right? So yeah. happy Mother's Day to all. I hope it's not too late to wish. Okay. Um, I am mother of five, yes. Uh, and breastfeeding has been a very wonderful journey for me. It has been a wonderful experience. Okay, so what is breastfeeding actually? Definition in the dictionary says it's just an act of giving breast milk to your baby. But actually, breastfeeding is actually more than just giving breast milk, you know, and it's more than just providing nutrients for your baby at every stage. It is actually more than that because it involves a lot of emotions, bonding, and actually... Breastfeeding, sometimes people say it's a natural thing to happen, but it is actually something you can, you can learn. It's an art. It's an art that you can learn and you can understand the science behind breastfeeding and you must have a lot of patience, kesabaran, yeah? a lot of patience to, to do breastfeeding. Initially, it might look a little bit difficult, but along the way, you, can, you become better and better. And you actually will enjoy breastfeeding. And one thing I would like to touch is breastfeeding creates the human in your baby. And breastfeeding creates the mother in you. Actually, if you start to breastfeed after birth, this is how you develop your instinct to become a mother. So breastfeeding helps you to become a mother and your baby to become a human. So actually breastfeeding connects you and your baby throughout your lifetime from the moment you are pregnant until the moment you win off after two years. And the bonding actually, even though you stop breastfeeding, it will just not stop. The bonding continues and it connects you. The breastfeeding connects you and your baby. Okay. so. Is that
0: does that answer your question, so Yeah, well, I've I've actually never thought of it that way, and that's just amazing how you put it together. Like breastfeeding yeah. brings the human in the baby and brings what? the mother in you. I actually, oh wow, that that just touched me there. Yeah, um, I mean, like I'll share as well. I mean, like for me, comparing to my first experience, um, trying to breastfeed my first daughter. Oh my god, it's like hours and hours of trying to make her latch but comparing to my second child it was like within seconds she just went sub latched and just continued breastfeeding so it's it's definitely the most important part of it is the patience so don't give up just too soon on that because it is it is a very a very very um uh I would say important source of nutrients to the child So thank you. Yeah. Um, So okay. So in terms of breastfeeding, and there, I'm sure there are many, many questions in in this area, especially. So I'll share. I'll probably bring everyone through the discussion through the journey of a mother becoming uh, a mother and also learning to adapt into the breastfeeding journey. Mm -hmm. So maybe let's start with. how, what do you do? Like, you're, you're almost due, you're going into the labor. Uh, what do you need to know? I know everyone's probably waiting for the moment to go to Ponorehan. So I was like, Oh my god, what do I need to buy? So, <laughs> maybe Dr. Darina, you can share like a couple words or like some tips or some, some things to be mindful of uh, in preparation to your labor, and, and then we'll hand over to Ponorehan to share the exciting stuff.
1: Okay, all right, so. Once you know you're pregnant, that's when your breastfeeding journey starts, actually. you know, Because um, for you to be able to start breastfeeding, you have to have the intention to learn and then you have to have the commitment to do the breastfeeding. So right from the moment you are pregnant, try to seek for the right knowledge to learn about your pregnancy, how to go through your antenatal uh, experience healthily. Make sure you have a very healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. And then start to seek knowledge about breastfeeding and also how to care for your baby. Okay, so that's the first thing. Number one is knowledge,
0: gaining knowledge. Number two, you can... Where can they go though for... Sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so where can they go to seek knowledge? um, Okay, knowledge can be seek through reading. There's
1: a lot of books on breastfeeding and pregnancy and birth. You can also go to classes. Now, we, during this MCO, we have lots of uh, online and clinical classes like myself. I also do a lot of online classes right now. And also, you can start asking other experienced moms about their uh, experience. Uh, that's a way to learn. Okay, but get the positive experience lah, don't go and listen to the negative stories. Okay, so by doing, uh, by seeking knowledge, you are able to prepare yourself physically and mentally. And also, the second thing is to inform your husband and your family about your um, decision to breastfeed. This is so that you can get support from your husband, your family members, your colleagues, your employers, they should know that you are going to breastfeed. So, um, firstly, to be able to start successfully breastfeeding is to, food, to put your full commitment to breastfeed. And number two, to make sure that you, your pregnancy is healthy. Number three is to find a breastfeeding-friendly hospital for you to give birth. A breastfeeding-friendly obstetrician, breastfeeding-friendly pediatrician. So, these are the things that you should seek for during pregnancy. And, if you are to give birth in the breastfeeding family hospital, usually that would help because they usually practice mother-friendly care during labour. So mother-friendly care actually helps the mother to go through the labour, ensuring the mother is um, well energetic throughout the labour and be able to be fresh and alert after birth. And so does the baby. So when the mother and the baby is both fresh and alert after the birth, this ensures a fresh start of breastfeeding. So the mother-friendly care practices that uh, I would like to highlight here is something like um, um, enabling mother to actually eat and drink lightly during the labor, uh, move around, avoiding drowsy painkillers or avoiding augmentation, let the mother progress naturally and avoiding un. Um, unnecessary interventions that could create more pain for the mother. So this ensures the mother able to give birth um, naturally and staying fresh and alert after birth so that you can do a lot of skin to skin after birth. So the skin to skin is very important. A healthy baby should be placed on your chest, yeah, you know, on your mother's chest one hour right after birth for one hour without disturbance. So this would actually ensure the baby able to latch on and get the first breastfeeding and that will ensure a successful breastfeeding after that, you know? So that initiated the hormones of breastfeeding once you get the first latch. Uh,
0: it's
1: very important I'm thing to skip.
0: Just wondering, Doctor, so what yeah. if you some, someone may, may be unfortunate and not able to find the nearest breastfeeding-friendly hospital. So what can they do? And and also I understand that some breastfeeding-friendly hospitals, they actually, my fear, my, my biggest fear is whenever I give birth, it's like um, what if the nurses start feeding uh, formula milk to the baby before even consulting you? So how, how do you manage that?
1: Okay, so... This is when mothers, um, you should try to discuss with your obstetrician before uh, the birth uh, arrives. And also discuss with the midwives. Upon arrival at the hospital, let them know about your birth wish or your birth preferences. So this is about the birth plan. Okay, so communication is very important, Sarah. Communication. So at all times when you're giving birth, always communicate with your doctor and your midwives what you want in the birth and how do you want the baby to be breastfed after the birth and not to um, let them feed formula or bottle feed. Um, and usually in breastfeeding-friendly hospitals, Sarah, they will not give bottle feeding or formula milk. You know? mm. So they definitely have lactationers that helps mother to start off breastfeeding right after birth. So always get help. You know, when you are struggling with the first latch, always get help. If you did not get the skin-to-skin uh, right after birth, you can always repeat the skin-to-skin throughout the confinement to get back the, the latch, you know? So that's not mm. a problem. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, mm. Doctor.
0: Um, Alright, so now let's get on to the exciting sign here from Puan Norihan. Um, so as a new mother and you're, you're preparing to, to welcome your baby to the world, what kind of things should we consider in terms of, uh, you know, getting? Oh, yeah. And also like, um, I, I forgot to ask Dr. Zarina before we go on to the products. Like, do we need to buy a breast pump before the baby is born? Like, uh, must the breast pump be ready? Like, you know, when the baby comes out? Or can we wait? Um, sorry, Puan Rehan. Uh, uh, I, I forgot one more question to ask uh, Dr. Tarina because I think this is important. Okay. okay. Right. This, um, I will touch
1: about the colostrum later. Okay. Mm-hmm. But buying breast pump during the first month is not necessary yet because usually I would advise all mothers to try direct breastfeeding. And um, probably if you need to express, just use your hands, you know, you have your hands here. So learn how to hand-express your breast milk on the first few weeks. Okay, because the colostrum, it cannot be expressed through the breast pump. Okay, Mm -hmm. so if you did not have time to buy the breast pump yet, you can buy later, during the confinement, no problem. Okay. Thanks Dr. Zarina.
0: Alright Puan let's get on the exciting stuff. Okay. So Puan what do we need to consider in terms of you know when we first uh, hear the news um, and what are the products that we can start buying?
2: Okay, apabila ibu uh, mengandung, perubahan yang ketara adalah pada payudara mula uh, membesar ataupun kita nampak macam mengembang dimana proses air susu sudah mula ada.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Saya mem, mem, um, memperkenalkan Nipple Care Cream ini mengandungi lalunin Oil okay. Bagi membantu melembapkan payudara anda Apabila daripada kekeringan ataupun rekahan Kita bolehlah menggunakan Nipple Care Cream ini di kawasan keliling Aurora dan Puting Yang ini pun erohan, so maknanya bila kita pregnant kita dah boleh start guna lah uh, Ya, yeah. on the third semester pregnancy, dah boleh guna Okay, okay Tidak perlu uh, membasuh ataupun mengelap semasa anda menggunakan Nipple Care Cream ini Kerana ia selamat digunakan, dibuat, dia dibuat daripada 100% food grade Plylonin Oil Yang mana ia melembabkan uh, payudara anda Tidak perlu membasuh, boleh terus menyusu bayi selepas itu Okay Ah, okay, that's interesting. Thank you, Puan Rehan.
0: Selain and, pada,
2: yeah, okay. Selain pada itu, Mak Seva, uh-huh. semasa anda menyusu bayi, okay. sebelah lagi akan mengalir keluar air susu, bagi mengelakkan pembaziran air susu. Kita boleh menggunakan uh, mix server pump ini untuk menyimpan di dalam storage bag hmm. ataupun storage
0: bottle hmm. Ooh, so I want to share a little bit uh, on the storage bag actually I learned something uh, from my friends actually uh, Beza dalam guna storage bag and also storage bottles um, It all depends on the fridge that you have So if you have limited space in your fridge a storage bag is actually very useful so, but it bila you bad. freeze, you jangan freeze dia berdiri, you you freeze uh, macam bareng, so, lepas tu mm. bila you simpankan, you akan simpan macam buku. So, so, ada mm. banyak space. So, banyak you, space, you yeah. akan yeah. susunkan so, so. macam tu. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's something that uh, for for a new mom, I think that's a good thing to consider as well. Yeah. Sorry Fandereha, you were going to share on the uh, milk saver. Uh, Tips to everyone. I think that's really good as
2: well because I have it. <laughs> so, um, Seperti mana anda, uh, semasa anda menyusu bayi, sebelah lagi automatik akan keluar. Dia akan rasa mengalir keluar. Jadi kita untuk mengelak kepembaziran air susu keluar, kita gunakan sebelah dan sebelah lagi anda boleh menyusu bayi anda. Menggunakan teknik cradle hold. Dan susu itu bolehlah disimpan di dalam storage bag ataupun storage bottle. Biasa ufam mm-hmm. so, ni mempunyai tekanan yang kuat. Contohnya seperti ini. Anda boleh bebas menyusu anak anda sebelah dan sebelah lagi biarkan dia uh, letak daripada payudara anda.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay
2: but also other, other than using this milk saver, but uh-huh. you can also use like a cup collector as well right but cup collector dia akan hanya support melalui bra anda kena ah. kena hole okay. yang macam ni you boleh just leave saja dekat breast and then you can enjoy uh, baby feeding sebelah mm okay
0: dan hmm. okay.
2: yeah. boleh juga digantung boleh gunakan hook untuk digantung okay oh. yes. Yes. Huh. That's something new. Huh. Thank you Puan Raya,
0: Um, Anything else like uh, other than uh, like you know, products uh,
2: for the baby? Selain, uh-huh. Selain daripada itu, pemilihan toiletries juga amat penting untuk bayi hmm. yang baru lahir. Kerana kulit bayi yang terlampau nipis dan memerlukan perjagaan yang lebih terapi. Kalau penggunaan toiletries yang mengandungi agent colouring or less bubble akan menjebakkan kulit keranangan kulit bayi. Ah, okay. Anda boleh mencuba. Contohnya seperti ini yang tiada bahan pewarna. Boleh nampak? Yang tiada bahan pewarna. Yeah. Yeah. Dan kalau untuk anda memastikan sama ada toiletries ini sesuai atau tidak dengan kulit bayi anda, anda boleh cuba di pele bayi dulu. Kalau terdapat kemerah-merahan, that means product itu tidak sesuai digunakan. Anda huh? harus refer kepada doktor. Ah, okay. Thank you Puan Rehan. Um,
0: so I was just wondering as well like okay so now we're moving into the journey where the baby is born. Um, so uh, understand from Puan Rehan that is important one is for us to care for the nipples especially. Um, that's the first thing that I would say as a mother is what I overlook because you think you're thinking of the equipment and you know the baby's clothes, the baby's soap, uh, uh, the bathtub, and all but you forget to care for yourself and yourself being the, the actual breath, and and that's where is the most important. I would say equipment of the body lah, to give the baby a smooth journey of breastfeeding. So that I think that lanolin cream is, is, I think it's amazing. To begin before the baby is born, I think that's very important as well. So thank you for sharing that for um, well, So now we're going into like, okay, at the hospital, we've communicated with the uh, doctor and we've informed uh, the nurses and all our expectations and all and now we're going home, what do we do? I mean, like, there's so many different types of confinement and all, and I'm sure there's like, you know, uh, you will hear from your mom or your confinement ladies, oh, makan nih, makan oh, this will reduce your your milk, and so many myths in this. So maybe Dr. Yeah, yeah. Zarina, can you share a little bit on that as well? What, what are the key things that we need to look out for when we're in confinement, or even so, those who don't practice confinement, that you know what are the things that we, we need to start considering. Okay,
1: so um, during confinement, I'm gonna speak on breastfeeding mostly, and then I will touch on the, what kind of food that you can eat or cannot eat, or whatever, you know, according to the culture. Okay, um, actually, um, everyone needs to know that. When the first few days of the confinement, you will have colostrum and this colostrum is actually in a very small amount. So this I need to highlight because many moms would say that they don't have any milk on the first day, which is not true. You know, because colostrum is already being produced by your breast at during 16 weeks pregnancy, when you are 4 months pregnant. That's when when Noreja was saying that your breasts are just grew during the pregnancy and it just enlarged and it sometimes become very tender that's because the the, the cholesterol is producing so um, I would say the first week of uh, confinement, you uh, focused on direct feeding and focus on um, doing the correct latch and positioning so um about the food and uh, food that you eat, you must ensure that you eat a balanced diet. Okay, uh, enough protein, carbohydrates, uh, vitamins, and fibers, and also water. Okay, so um, some cultures say they don't allow mothers to drink more than one or two glasses a day. Now that is a very cruel thing to do for mummies because you are breastfeeding. And breastfeeding, when you are producing the cholesterol, the milk, you will be using a lot of your water in your body and your own calories. So you need to drink at least eight glasses of water or follow your thirst. Whenever you're thirsty, you drink. Whenever you are hungry, you eat. Because that is the one that produces the cholesterol and the breast milk. Now, the cholesterol, I would like to touch on the cholesterol again during the confinement. Okay. Mm. Colostrum is actually droplets of breast milk. It's very thick, it's very sticky, it's like a honey. You know, like the honey, the texture of the honey? That is the colostrum. It's, it's a golden liquid colour and it's very little. And average a day that you can produce is about one ounce of colostrum in the 24 hours. So, this is going to, I'm going to touch about the baby's stomach as well. Okay, The baby's mm-hmm. stomach on the first day is very small. Is the size of a cherry and the volume is about five to ten mils. So your colostrum that is being produced on the first day is enough to feed the baby at one feeding. You know? So if you were to be separated from your baby, you need to express your colostrum to, to give it to the NICU, for example. So learn how to hand express your, your breast milk using your hands. Okay, and collect it with the spoon or a small cup. Or you can try to use the milk collector. But usually the spoon is enough because it's droplets of cholesterol. So what you have, you syringe out with the one mil syringe and give it to the stuffness, And that is enough for one feeding. So you need to continue expressing your milk. And if you were to be with your baby again, direct feeding for... On demand, on demand, meaning uh, when baby wants it, you give it, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't follow the clock, okay, but usually, Sarah, on the first day, baby drinks one or twice, and then they go to sleep, they go to sleep, too, yeah. too much of sleep, because they also stress out from the labor, so right after, on the second day of birth, baby, they started to wake up, then they start to drink more, okay, then they start to drink more frequent. Hourly or one and a half hourly or two hourly. So it depends on the baby. Okay, mm-hmm. so what mothers need to do is not to rush to pump your milk. Focus on direct latching, uh, correct latching, correct positioning and focus on uh, the, the, the increasing the frequency of your baby and um, about the other cultures or, con- uh, or in in a family during confinement, that really depends on your on your on you on you whether you want to follow or not. You know, try to follow confinement practices that are practical to you. You know, I have one experience, Sarah. My, my own mother asked me to put garlic inside my ears you know, during oh. confinement, and <laughs> I, I asked her why. And she said that is to prevent wind from getting into our body. So I uh, said, well, uh, it's a little bit illogical, you know? So certain yes. practices, is a bit illogical. So do things that is practical to you and you feel that is going to help you with the confinement. Okay? Mm. So uh, there is a lot of things that we can discuss on, but I don't want to talk about that <laughs> now. Yeah, so... so yeah. do do think that uh, do things that um, that will make you um, happy and make you more um, healthier or um, make it smoother for you uh, do these things because to me my five yes my five son, my five children sorry I have four sons and one daughter my five um, kids <laughs> during the confinement I feel the most healthy the most healthy is during my confinement because I know I practice good food, I drink a lot of water, I mandi, mandi herba, yeah? I, I believe in mandi I daun, it helps me to feel fresh, and, and the breastfeeding, the breastfeeding actually helps my hormones to go up, the oxytocin hormone, the mother hormone, it goes up in me, and that creates the love in me, that creates the, the love in, for my baby and that makes me happy. So that's why I said concentrate on breastfeeding rather than focusing on the confinement, uh,
0: Okay right. That's interesting. Doctor, you mentioned a lot about hand expressing and trying to avoid um, using the breast pump. Is there yeah. a specific reason for that though?
1: Yes, number one, because the cholesterol, like I said, is sticky like honey and is a very small amount. If you were to use an electrical breast pump to express your breast milk, your cholesterol at that time, you cannot. You cannot collect it because it's going to be coming out as droplets, very thick droplets. So you cannot collect it into the bottle. Okay, you're going to waste the cholesterol around the, um, the breast pump flange, the shields. So you cannot collect it and definitely it is difficult to extract out. The best extractor is the baby's mouth, actually. Okay, the baby's mouth, the way they suckle on the breast is that it can help to actually uh, remove all the cholesterol from the breast. And it's very important for mother to remove the cholesterol because within the next week after the confinement, the second week, you will start to produce transitional and mature milk. And if the colostrum is not being removed um, completely, that's when problems happen, that you have breast engorgement, lockdowns and whatnot. Okay? Ah, that's interesting. Yes, and the cholesterol is very important because it contains a lot of antibodies. So I did not touch about the benefit of breastfeeding just now, isn't it, Sarah? Okay, the cholesterol itself, it has a lot of antibodies which will help to protect our baby. Because our baby, when they are born, they're very vulnerable to diseases.
0: So the cholesterol, give it all to them, if possible. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Doctor. Um, I Again, like um, imagining myself when I was having my first child, I just wish I had all this information. I mean, like, yes, I did went for my antenatal classes, but then again, like, you know, you really it's important to actually speak to a breastfeeding specialist. So that. Thank you for sharing. No problem. We have a few that, questions, right? Yeah, so there is one here as well. Um, oh, okay, it's a statement. So it, it, Asha, uh, As Amiza, actually shared to everyone that she reads because during confinement is her healthiest period and her yeah. mom behind her, whatever she eats, the baby eats. So it's important to eat healthy and stay healthy physically and mentally. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, and previously she actually asked, what's the best remedy for sore nipples? So, okay. I know for Norehan, Maybe we can touch that later, Sarah? Yeah. Uh, during
1: okay. the problems of... Uh, ah, yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, We'll go into that. Um,
0: yeah, that. So, so, I think, uh, let's ask for Norehan as well. Like, um, in... So, we've spoken about, you know, the concept of having the milk collector and all, but at the confinement stage, what are the products that we can consider having? Apabila
2: I- uh, baby yang menyusu badan, baby akan kerap pupu se- uh, sehari dalam lima uh, ataupun hingga lapan kali sehari. Pupunya yang agak pekat dan melekit, agak sukar untuk dicuci. Dengan ini saya mencadangkan anda untuk menggunakan baby wipe moisturizer clothes yang diperbuat daripada launin oil. Amat mudah untuk mengelap botak bayi anda. Disampai meninggalkan kesan uh, pelempapan untuk mengelakkan happy rash. Hmm.
0: Strukturnya
2: yang tebal dan berkotak-kotak untuk memudahkan pengelapan bayi anda. Thanks, Rosani. Yeah.
0: yeah, I I would say personally, I'm not just saying that pigeon. Uh, I'm not trying to promote pigeon as well, but <laughs> Personally, I actually use Pigeon wipes uh, compared to all the wipes uh, out there. Um, and interestingly, like um, my daughters, actually they don't react to p- Pigeon products. That includes their wipes, their uh, their soap, and their even their the dishwashing liquid. So that's uh, interesting because I'm sure Bonorhan can also share is the the ingredients that is been used uh, in in their products as well. So I think. Uh, I would recommend everyone as well to use their wipes, um, and I am sure Moana will share even more later. So, um, um, okay, uh, Doctor Zarina, uh, if uh, let me know if I've missed out any points here during confinement, but I think I think um, what everyone here is also waiting for is the the transition between you know you've already had your confinement period, you're staying at home, and you're going going to work. So, what are the preparations you can actually start thinking of and also mentally prepare yourself to get into the office? Okay. Uh, but, Sarah, shall we talk about the problems of the breastfeeding first? Or oh, yes. I'm so sorry you mentioned that. Yes, yes. Let, let us talk about that because it's important that yeah. like during the confinement period, so you, you experience... Um, a lot, a lot of uh, different problems as well. Yep. Not to yeah. say it's like something that is daunting, but it's good to know before Still it actually doing. appears to you. So, well. right. yeah, right. Okay.
1: How? Um, as much as I say, breastfeeding is a beautiful journey, but it's going to have a lot of ups and downs. Okay, it's not just during the confinement, but along the two years. Yes, you will have this um, these uh, problems. You know. Then I would like to state again. Breastfeeding is actually recommended uh, to be given to our babies for the first six months of life exclusively, meaning no other additional water or formula or food. And uh, you should continue breastfeeding um, beyond six months when your baby starts to eat solids, okay? And continue until baby turns two years, okay? Um, Now, let's talk about the problems in confinement, all right? Number one. Babe, mothers can uh, experience um, uh, sore nipple, like what Anisa was saying, how can she um, find remedy for sore nipple, okay? And there are also um, breast engorgement, blocked ducts, mastitis, okay? And also nipple confusion. Have you heard of nipple confusion?
0: I have, yes. but I've actually never seen it on my daughters, or maybe I have, but I'm not sure if it was. And another problem is, most mom
1: would say, I don't know if my breast milk is enough for my baby. Yeah? <laughs> so these are the common problems. Okay, I'll just go through one by one. Okay, sore nipple usually happens when mothers have incorrect latching. Okay, the baby latch on to the breast and the nipple, the wrong method, the wrong way, that the baby usually have a very shallow latch. You know, babies should be able to have a deep latch. So that the nipple brush against the soft part of your palate. So the soft part of the baby's palate. So when the baby's brush against the soft part of the palate, which is way behind the throat, that shouldn't cause any friction. That, so breastfeeding is actually supposed to be painless. You know, when mom says, uh, it's normal to have a pain during breastfeeding. That is actually a myth. Okay, If you have pain during breastfeeding, there is something wrong with your latch. And your positions. Mm-hmm. So please get help to find out whether you are breastfeeding the correct way. Okay, so number one, to reduce sore nipple is to correct the latch and the positioning. Number two, after breastfeeding, you can always apply your own breast milk to the nipple because the breast milk contains antibodies. Okay, it contains antibodies and also protective cells which helps to heal the uh, nipple. Apart from that, you can also use other products, which is the nipple creams. Okay, like Panorihan mentioned just now, to help to heal up the 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 sore nipple. So, and there are also other reasons why sore nipple happens. Sometimes it's because of oral thrush. This one you need to seek the doctor's advice to see whether the babies have oral thrush that can um lead to the nipple thrush that causes sore nipple as well. Okay, so. Number two is the breast engorgement. So, when baby, uh, when you reach two weeks of confinement, you start to produce mature milk. Okay, so mature milk, the milk just come in. Um, no matter how much your baby demand is, your breast just continue making more milk. Sometimes it's a normal thing to happen, normal breast engorgement. But for certain mothers, it becomes too much. It's like the breast suddenly becomes like. Okay, because too much of milk. Okay, so that's called breast engorgement. So sometimes it's because of infrequent feedings. Your baby is not drinking enough. Um, baby is jaundiced probably. And baby is sleeping too much. So baby is not drinking enough. What I mean by enough is usually one to two hours once. That is normal for a breastfeeding to happen. Normal, du- normal duration, okay. And at one time feeding usually for one breast, um, aim for twenty minutes of breastfeeding at one breast, for to ensure that the baby gets enough the foremilk and the hind milk and then um, enough calories for the baby to grow. Okay, so um, how do you re, um actually re, uh, uh, um reduce the breast engorgement? Is to frequently feed with the correct latch and positioning, and then. If there is anything like too much, there's too much, uh, you can always do a warm compress, breast massage, okay, and direct feeding or express your breast milk. Now, at this, at this moment of two weeks, you have mature milk, probably you can start using your breast pump to help to remove the milk. okay. And if let's say in future, suddenly you have a lump in your breast, just one side, that's called a block duck. Okay, so a block duct is usually because of a uh, block uh, milk duct due to some mm. milk not stasis there for a long time. So there's a collection of new milk being made in the factory, in the, in the breast factory. Okay, so it doesn't come out, it cannot come out because it's blocked. Okay, so what you need to do is also again warm, compress, breast massage, direct feeding, or express. Okay. In, in, uh, in occasions when you have uh, suddenly developed fever and there's a redness in your breast, most probably you might have mastitis, uh, inflammation on the breast. So you need to visit the doctor to get some uh, anti-inflammatory and also antibiotics if needed. Okay, now that is uh, the problems with the breast. Now let's talk about the problem in the baby, okay. Nipple confusion. Okay. Nipple confusion happens when baby is being introduced with bottle too early in the confinement. Oh. Okay. Yes. Uh, when baby is introduced bottle and kids early in the confinement, they usually prefer the bottle than, mm. the, than the breast. So that is a problem for mothers. So I would say please do not introduce bottle during the first month of life. If you want to introduce bottle before going to work, is on the second month of life, okay? So, nipple confusion, you need to start again, skin to skin, you know, and, and try to direct feeding again. So, this one, you need help with the lactation counselors, yeah? And the last problem that I find more uh, most common during confinement is mothers saying that babies are crying too much and they think that they don't have enough milk. Okay, this one, you need to learn about what baby cry is. Baby cry not just for hunger, okay? Baby can cry because of they need to burp, they need to sleep, they have colic, they are discomfort. So please try and learn your baby's character. And there are also such things as Dunstan baby language. And this Dunstan baby language actually indicates the cries, the different cries, which uh, gives the, the indication of what the baby needs. So when you actually know why your baby cry, so you will not be so stressful during confinement. So you know that, oh, this is not cry for hunger. He's crying for something else. Okay, so have a checklist with you during confinement. Okay, you have seen the diapers, you have changed the diapers, you have seen the temperature of the room. Is it okay? Um, Is he having colleagues? So you have this checklist. Then, only you say that, oh, okay, my baby is okay, maybe he is crying for the milk. But there is such thing as dancing baby language, where everyone can actually learn. Okay, it's very easy to identify the cries, okay? So, um, what I need to, what I would like to say is, um, not all cries are actually hunger, okay? Don't stress yourself out, mummies. Don't say that you don't have enough milk. Everyone has enough milk for your baby. Be confident of yourself. This is what I'm trying to say. Emily,
0: so, okay. yeah. yeah, well, that's interesting. This is my first time actually hearing about Dunstan baby language. Um, ah. I, I am aware that you know it there are different types of cries, and um, but I always have these questions so like, but how How do you tell the difference? So you I can, suggest- you can. Well, yeah. yeah, let's. Let's all look up on dancing baby language, and actually we can go to Dr. Sarina to learn more about it as well. Uh, thank you. Um, let's go to the work. Yeah, So <laughs> let's let's now get ready and get into the office mode. <laughs> For me, um, like you know, um, as as a difference compared to uh preparing with my first child and my second child, I was more prepared with my second child, obviously. Uh, mainly because I had three months maternity leave. Um, that really, really makes a lot of difference because if it's only two months maternity leave, it's like you just finish your confinement and you only have like a few days until you have to start work. So one week, I think it's a little bit rushed. So for me, um, as a HR professional as well, I would highly encourage every employer to allow mothers to go on a three months maternity leave. Um, I think hopefully by the next two years, um, almost every company in Malaysia will, will be practicing three months uh, uh, maternity leave. So I think that's, that's something that really, really like uh, reminded me on that as well. Um, maybe before we, uh, we ask Dr. Zarina, what can you start preparing to go back to work? Let's see what Puan Rehan will share in terms of the equipment that we need to buy sure. uh, in the preparation to go back to work. Don't be a Sarah, because I usually buy almost everything in the world. <laughs> Realize that, eh hey, I don't need this. So I think Pondoran will be the best person to advise us what the, the exact uh, products to buy. And not waste money. <laughs> <Okay. clears
2: throat> Apabila anda sudah mula balik bekerja, barang-barang yang perlu anda prepare contohnya seperti breast pump, storage bottle, storage bag, breast pad dan juga liquid cleanser. Saya mengesyorkan anda untuk menggunakan double electric breast pump sebab dia akan mempercepatkan lagi proses pengepaman anda. Contohnya seperti ini. Go Mini double electric breast pump yang sangat ringan dan kecil sebesar saiz handphone saya penggunaable right puan raihan ha yes. penggunaan yang sangat mudah boleh guna adapter dan juga power bank sekarang saya guna power bank penggunaan yang sangat mudah simple selepas itu anda boleh on bila on anda terus berada di massage mode selama 2 minit untuk melembutkan payudara Selepas itu, kepadulah kita tukar kepada mode pengepaman selepas 2 minit. Selepas breast uh, dah lembut, lepas tu kita change to the session mode. Alright. Okay, di sini anda boleh control yeah. daripada level 1 sampai ke level 5. 2, 3, 4, 5. For Nerea, what's the
0: difference between the levels? Like I, I know sometimes it's some mothers prefer like a level 5 and then some mothers actually they go at the lower level. So is there a difference in using the levels in terms of the suction? Yes,
2: suction. Because if you prefer the level 1, it means you, you feel like very comfortable for the level 1. So you just keep on using the level 1. It okay. on the mother. Some mother need more suction power, so they go to the level high level is level five. All right. Okay. Mm. And when do you know to stop? If you feel like your breast empty. Okay. Mm, once you pump, you feel like your breast already empty. That means you change to other side. All like right. the doctor say, about twenty minutes one breast.
0: All right. So okay. you
2: just take around thirty minutes to both breasts.
0: Okay. 30 minutes. So I think a point here as well, like we kind of know roughly it takes about 30 minutes to to pump as well. So at work, um, just sharing from my experience as well, and you put a buffer time of five minutes setting up and then your actual uh, pumping time is 30 minutes. And then you should also give another like maybe five to 10 minutes in terms of packing all your things and also overall, I think you'll probably have a pumping session of about 40 to 45 minutes. So that's where you can start organising your work times and use your calendar and actually like um, uh, blocking the time or this is my pumping time. Um, That's how I would do it at work. Um, Some of you may be lucky, you may be able to pump at your own desk so you can actually do work at the same time pump. Um, but some will have to move away from your desk so that's why you need to learn how to manage your time as well. Sorry when I hand, over to you again. So what else should we consider?
2: Selepas anda menggunakan breast pump, anda haruslah menyuci breast pump ini semua bahagian pump boleh dicuci kecuali motor dan tiup maknanya air, air susu tidak akan mengalir masuk ke dalam tiup. Selain daripada itu Anda haruslah berhati-hati apabila anda ingin menyuci Mirwaf kerana ia sangatlah rejal dan mudah rosak. Anda haruslah mengeluar di bahagian yang keras. Bahagian ini keras dan bahagian ini lembut. Hmm. Apabila anda memasang balik pun pegang pada bahagian yang keras. Jangan sentuh pada bahagian lembut. Ini akan merosakkan pump anda. Selain daripada botol breast pump dan aksesori baby, anda boleh menggunakan uh, buah-buahan dan sayur sayuran dengan menggunakan liquid cleanser yang diperbuat daripada 100% food grade.
0: I think that's that's one of the best things. I think um, as compared to other breastfeeding, I mean breastfeeding, plus like bottle cleaners, because pigeon uses a food grade. Um, yes, yeah, food grade um, soap. And one thing good is love. that same soap you can actually use to wash your vegetables and fruits yes. as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. So so that's why we actually, if I use that, and my mom and everyone else in the house as well shares that same.
2: Same uh, uh soap as well, so I would recommend that one as well. Okay, another thing, yang anda perlu ada adalah breast pad, breast pad honeycomb. Mm. Come with a single individual untuk memudahkan anda membawa. Sangat oh, I'm
0: gonna say something here as well. When sangat
2: lemb, the- material yeah. yang sangat lembut dan penyerapan yang sangat bagus. Hmm. Saya akan tunjuk macam mana penyerapan ini berlaku.
0: Wow. Sangat kering. Wow. So kering. Okay. I just want to say something here as well. Um, I didn't know uh, about these breast pads. Um, I started working with my first child. And I didn't realise that my milk leaked. So it mm. is so embarrassing to actually have like, you know, you tengah up with someone and then this guy macam, Sarah, did you spill some water on your baju? ah? <laughs> <Like>, alamak. actually <laughs> bocor. So one thing most importantly, especially when you're just starting on breastfeeding, make sure you wear a breast pad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dengan
2: dengan pelekat yang yes. menstabilkan dekat bra anda. Mm. Mm. shape nya bentuk macam bra. Do okay. we have
0: any other products for Norehan other than the breast pad?
2: Like just now, Doctor mentioned, if they have a uh, problem, mm, yes. you can use this one for the sore nipple. Okay. Mm. That is the nipple pula kan? Mm-hmm. Nipple pula that? untuk yang inverted nipple ataupun sore nipple lah Boleh tarik saw keluar nipple. Okay hmm. Just tarik, so, tapi, tapi tak nipple. boleh guna uh, hanya Bukan guna sekali, kena kekerapan guna baru boleh tarik keluar Bukan okay. hanya sekali saja dia tidak akan efek Kena banyak kali sehari sebelum feeding baby, you buat
0: This is probably for just inverted, nipples, I inverted nipple I yeah. think yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for sharing. I never knew that it existed. But um, like Alhamdulillah, like, I had a journey where I didn't have to experience inverted nipples. So, uh, it's protruding all the way. <laughs> actually, With inverted <laughs> nipples, you yeah. can actually
1: breastfeed. No problem. You know, oh, okay. uh, it's just a matter of the baby opening the mouth. So they can always, when they have a big mouth and a big latch, they are able to breastfeed because they don't breastfeed at the nipple, but they breastfeed at the areola. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes. So, but with the nipple puller, it helps a bit to
0: take out the nipple before mm. the
1: feeding. So that helps.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I'm mindful of the time now. We're actually just about five minutes to four. But for the rest of you in the chat room, um, if you don't mind, we'll actually just continue on the uh, on one more part, which is about getting to work and how do we yeah. involve? I see Abir has the main oh, important question, and which is how do you get the men involved in this, especially when you go to work? I'll share some of my experience, how I share uh, my journey with my husband as well. I, I think that's the best so far. Um, but uh, I'm sure Dr. and Ponorhan as well has some, some things that they can share as well. Um, probably for Dr. Zarina, you can share like what are the things that uh, mothers can start mentally prepare in terms of going back to work? Okay. Now, um, let's
1: have a change of mindset. Boleh Let's have a change of mindset. Keep your positive mindset. Let yourself know that life is going to be easier than harder with breastfeeding. It's going to be easier, okay? Don't think of breast pumping as a burden when you go back to work, okay? Um, and you have to remember that whenever you breast pumping at work, you are actually giving breast milk to your baby and you are actually taking care of your baby from far. You know, that's very, a very nice thought to think so that you feel that breastfeeding and breast pumping is not a burden to you. Okay, that's, so that's number one, positive mindset. Number two, if wherever, whenever you are away from your baby more than 10 hours a week, you need to express your milk to maintain your milk supply. That's the important why you need to start uh, preparing for uh, breast pumping when you go back to work, okay? So, now, the steps for you before you start going back to work is to plan your maternity leave, like what Sarah said. Uh, she took three months of maternity leave. Okay, if you can actually uh, um, discuss with your employer to have a longer breastfeeding leave. Uh, for me, I have had at the most five months of breastfeeding leave actually, three months of confinement and also another two months of unpaid breastfeeding leave. Wow, so you that, actually did 100 days. Yeah, so I okay. actually requested extra maternity leave if possible, if possible, you know. Um, Number two is to plan where your baby will be taken care of when you are away. Who is going to take care where, find the right caretaker and the right nursery. Okay, and um, planning your expression schedule and know how to store your milk. You have to know that, you know, how do you want to give the milk to your baby when you are away. Okay so these are the steps yeah so when do you start stocking up so these are a common question right sarah <laughs> yes yes so um, you can start stocking up your expressed breast milk as late as 2 weeks before you go back to work you know you don't need to keep too early <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> unless you have a lot of breast milk you know i have seen mothers who have a lot of uh, breast milk oversupply so they need to express much earlier during the confinement to relieve and then that becomes the stock of the EBM, yeah? But for those other mothers, you don't need to stress out. You just need to have uh, two weeks of frozen supplies because okay. if you want to give breast milk from for your baby, the express one, I would suggest for you to give more of the fresh milk rather than the frozen milk, okay? Mm. So so you have to have a ratio, half and half, half are frozen, half are fresh. So if you stock up too much of frozen milk, I am afraid that it will go expired, you know? So you have too much of frozen milk and you cannot utilize it because you also give your fresh milk to your baby every day. Okay, so yeah. two weeks of um, stocks is enough for your baby, All right? And the best is actually...
0: Please, Sorry, right? Dr. Zarina, you mentioned like the expiry and being fresh. So okay. how do you know how long can you keep the milk and like you know what's fresh? Is it on the day itself it expressed or can it last up to a few days? The, the storage of the milk is uh, okay. Um,
1: once you have expressed your milk, okay, and you keep it in the in the room temperature, it lasted for four hours. Okay. If you keep it in the chiller, you know, the lower part of the fridge of a two-door fridge, it can last up to five days. That's the fresh milk, all right? If you do not utilize the fresh milk up to five days, you can freeze it up, put it in the freezer. And if it's a two-door freezer, it may last for three months. If you were to utilize a deep freezer, that can last six months, okay? So um that's how that, that's how you can manage your storage okay so not too much of the frozen milk you know, more of the fresh milk is possible and for you to start stocking up try to get a double breast pump because it saves time yeah okay and it doubles the stimulation to your brain you know, where where the hormones of breastfeeding uh, comes out okay so you can um start also to train your baby at least two weeks before you go back to work by giving the express breast milk. But please ask somebody else to give the express breast breast milk, not you. Of course, the baby won't want to take the express breast milk when you are around. So you can also try bottles and pits Also, sippy cups. I know certain mothers complain that babies do not want to take the EBM through the bottles. Sometimes you may use other methods to give the EBM, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, also you can try to put your baby at the caretaker a week before you go to work just to have a dry run to see how baby is uh, taking the EBM at the caretaker's place. That is also one way for you to prepare before you go back to work. Okay, and um, what about the schedule of the pumping? Uh, Okay, so if you are working nine hours a day, okay, let's say, okay, so before you bring your baby to the nursery, nurse your baby first thing in the morning. The first thing when the baby wakes up, direct feeding. okay? And then then you go travel, bring your baby along, okay, to your caretaker's house, And then right before you leave your baby with your caretaker, breastfeed again in the car. Okay. And then, then you go to work. Then when you go to work, you reach your office. The first thing you do is express your milk. That's the first thing. The first thing you do is express your milk. And then the next session of uh, expression is mid-morning at the lunchtime and also one more time at late afternoon. Okay. So, before you come back, before you come back to work, okay, make sure you have your milk all stored properly inside your cooler bag. Okay. And then when you reach your caretaker's house to take your baby, you can direct feeding again. Usually baby will be very hungry at that time. Okay. We can also ask your caretaker not to give the baby express breast milk at 5 pm because that's when you will be reaching your baby. So once you reach your baby, you breastfeed again, okay? And then when you go home, you continue breastfeeding on demand throughout the night. Then that goes the day after and after, okay? And um, usually, th- when you come back home, especially if you have a toddler, let's say you already, your baby is already a uh, one year old and you're still breastfeeding, um, that is the moment. You know, when you come back home and your, baby come, your, your child comes to you wanting you to hold and then say out baju and get the breast. That is the moment that you bond again with your child, you know. So, you actually um, reduce your rasa rindu to your baby by doing that, by doing breastfeeding. So, that's the, that's the beautiful moment that I already always treasure. And I, I would say, let go of the housework. Let me spend time with my child now, after coming back to work, and it relieves you from the stress of work. Actually, yeah, yeah.
0: I think this will also bring us into the key question here: How yeah. do we get the men involved? I mean, like, yeah. usually you have the dads who be like, oh, "I don't know, I don't have the books. How am I, I going to help? So, how can they help? How they? How can they play their part? Um. Oh. I'll be shared here. So she's got friends who complain about how they feel so detached from their babies. I'm uh, um, talking about the men here as well. Uh, they feel detached and that the nurturing role actually goes to the wives. So what can they do um, to, to be able to feel included as well in this journey? Okay, daddies. The first thing that you should do when you know your wife
1: is pregnant is go for the class, number one, so that you know what to do during the pregnancy and labor and after birth. So that's how you can start bonding with your unborn baby. Number two, when you have uh, your baby during the confinement, you can help your wife to burp your baby, to change the diapers, you know, because mothers are all into breastfeeding, you know, sleeping, sleeping, eating, drinking, breastfeeding. So, they need help. So, daddies, you can help out with the care of the baby. Showering or bathing the baby, that's also another thing that you can do. And that's when you can bond with your baby. Okay? Number three, when, you're, when the wife has gone to work, you know, come back. So, what you can do is you can help to take the cooler bag and keep the breast milk inside the fridge. Okay? And you can actually help to label the bottles for the next day. To be given to the catheter, which one? Take out the frozen milk, defrost overnight, uh, label the bottles, and then um, put it in the cooler bed the next morning. Also, you can help to wash. Wash the breast pumps, parts, wash the bottles, you know. And, when the baby is breastfeeding with the mom after work, you can help out with the housework. You know, to, to reduce the burden of the mother. So, that's how daddies can help. A lot, you know, and discussing with your wife what is needed by your wife to help out with the breastfeeding, is there any problem? Uh, should we go and see a lactation counselor if there is any problem, so that's how you can support uh, that goes the same with the other family members to help out with the mother to seek for any problems that the mother needs to uh, some solution okay, so uh that's a lot. Isn't that a lot? That that enough exactly. is a, a lot of work and that enough can help my daddies to bond with your baby. I you know.
0: Mm. <laughs> and I find it that what really helps is you actually share those moments like take a photo of you know, the faces the baby make when they're breastfeeding and share it with your husband as well. Ah, uh, but yeah. Dr. Zarina actually shared one key thing there and there is Uh, Throughout my journey of breastfeeding as well, I had my husband who is so ever-helpful and immediately he knows that's his routine. So whenever we both come back from work, so uh, the keeping of the milk, um, I'm quite anal, so I actually do it myself. (laughs) Uh, But he knows he will just take the bag, he will take all the bottles and he'll start cleaning it and washing it and immediately put it in the sterilizer. So that's his routine as well. Um, If I don't, uh, if I don't bring my bag out, he will ask for it. It's like, hey, where's the bottle? Quick, it's my duty now. <laughs> so, ah. that's interesting. Uh, I mean, like, and also, um, that's that's very important as well for for men to always be involved as well. Um, and I, I would like to share something as well, like, you know, in terms of housework, um, it's not always the woman who's doing the housework. So, uh, at the beginning, before you even start conceiving with the child, like practice with your husband and your partner, basically, um, in terms of sharing the chores, because it's not always the wife who's cleaning, but it's actually both are you. You are the uh, the owners of the house, so you both um, share the duties of the house chores. So, for instance, like me and my husband, um, we we take uh, turns. Uh, so he does the rubbish and all, but I'll do the, la- the, the laundry and all. He does the cooking, not me. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so unconventional, I cannot cook. My husband does the cooking, I'll do the washing. So you balance the chores together as well. Um, Nareha, do you have anything um, you'd like to share? So uh, Mila, from your experience as well, being a mother yourself, would you like to share some as well before we, we, we wrap up as well?
2: Sebenarnya kalau anda nak berjaya ataupun nak meneruskan penyusuan, anda haruslah rasa uh, happy. Mood tu yang paling penting. Anda haruslah happy untuk menyusu anak anda. Lepas tu dapat daripada uh, support daripada husband dan family. Macam saya uh, kerja dulu, bila saya balik kerja rumah semua suami saya yang buat. Saya hanya enjoy menyusukan anak saya saja. Jadi saya tak akan rasa satu
1: tekanan
2: dan saya rasa macam enjoy untuk menyusu anak saya sebab tu saya belum menyusu sampai 4 tahun. God, I think that's amazing. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes, yeah.
0: so one probably one last question uh, before ah and we have another question here as well but how do you, do you have to stop your child from breastfeeding and that is the question of weaning off like you know um some mothers actually breastfeed until 4 some mothers they they stop after 3 months so so is it important to actually think of meaning of uh, i don't know boy panrehan of dr sarina if you want to share uh um, panrehan nak cakap apa pasal tu because okay. you breastfed until 4 years <laughs> then i will get
1: on.
2: masa pengalaman daripada saya dulu Saya biarkan je sebab saya, saya enjoy breastfeeding. Kalau boleh, saya nak kick on je. Lepas wow. tu sampai uh, sampai, sampai itu anak saya yang last. Jadi saya rasa macam sayang nak let go breastfeeding tu, biar aje Sampai kering. Uh-huh. Kalau yang mungkin tu pengalaman saya lah. Kalau pengalaman orang yang lain yang ada anak uh, mungkin uh, 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 rapat, mungkin dia kena stop ataupun masa dia dapat baby yang kedua. Mungkin lepas tu dia akan uh, rasa macam jealous dengan adik dia, dia mungkin yeah. tak nak lagi dengan kita Itu salah satu jugalah, saya tengok pengalaman yang adik-adik saya lah yang sebelum ni yeah. Tapi pengalaman saya sendiri, saya biarkan saja sampai air susu tu kering sendiri Wow, okay. Dr.
0: Zarina, what's your thoughts on this? Okay, um, WHO and
1: the National Breastfeeding Lactation Center says that It is recommended to breastfeed until 2 years old even in the Quran, it says that to breastfeed until two years old. But um, sometimes, some, certain babies, they win off naturally. Some babies win off very early. Some babies win off very late. You know, uh, for me, my last child, she's almost three and she still wants to breastfeed. You know, yeah. when, I say, when I say breastfeeding, it's not just giving the breast milk. You know, at the age of three and four, your breast milk, the volume is not much it's mm-hmm. not for the baby to drink it's not for the baby to be full, but it's actually the the bonding the uh, the, the, the attachment the attention that the baby wants that's why they, they continue to breastfeed with you beyond two years okay So for me, um, it is actually the mother's choice. if you feel that you want to win off at two years, go ahead. You know, um, we do uh, try to use methods that is not called turkey. Okay? key. Try to use methods to um, slowly win off. You know, there are a few methods which I can share later. If I were to do another video in my timeline, maybe I can share. Yeah, but um, you can also let the baby um, naturally win off by itself. So that's your choice actually. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but give time to you and to your baby, to breastfeed, to, to win off naturally because breastfeeding it involves your emotion. You know, if you were to stop breastfeeding abruptly, it not just affects the baby, it also affects you. You know, you maybe feel that it's going to be okay, but you will feel the loss when the baby is not touched by you. You know? So, to me, it is a choice of the mother to win off. But it is stated that it's recommended to breastfeed
0: until two years. All right. I I I completely agree with you because the moment my first daughter actually stopped, she actually stopped on her own. She it, it was it was so emotional, yet you just feel that loss of connection, even yes. though you're close to your daughter, but that connection is completely different. Different uh-huh. to what you're them as well. So it's it will be an emotional journey when you're weaning off as well. So right. yeah moment when my daughter goes, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and as compared to my one now, I don't think she's going to stop anytime soon, <laughs> so but thank you for sharing, because then I now know it's actually your personal choice, it's up to you, and it's how prepared you are to let go of this journey, so it's your own decision, so. I need to start reflecting. Lah. Uh, do I want to let go of this journey not <laughs> for myself now? Because I'm at the end of the two years already. Oh, uh, I think we have a question here. So before we go into a question on um, winning off, uh, but there is someone asking in terms of uh, the use of sterilizer. Is it necessary? Oh yeah, Paralyana, sorry. Paralyana asks: is it necessary and how does that work? Okay, Um, I would say you
1: need to make sure that the bottles that you use for your baby and the breast pumps are thoroughly clean, thoroughly clean with soap and water. That is actually enough. But if you feel that your washing is not enough, not adequate to clean properly, then you can also use steam sterilizer to sterilize the bottles and the pump parts. It's more important for babies below six months but after six months, I think it's uh, not necessary. In uh, already, you know. Mm. So make sure that you wash the pump parts and the bottles clean with soap, proper soap and water. Uh, warm water would be good.
0: There is a question here, though. Like, um, is it necessary to wash the breast pump? Like, you when you're um, expressing at uh, work, you'll be expressing three times. So okay. I've I've seen different practices. As when well I've tried. These different practices, but again, I don't feel that easy as well to do that. Do um, okay. so you need to wash every time you uh, use the breast pump, and when you wash, um, you need to sterilize again, uh, or can you just use the same bottle uh, breast pump and use it throughout your three times of expressing, and you only wash it when you go back home? Okay, Sarah.
1: Like I said, we want the breastfeeding to be easy. We want the breastfeeding to not be a burden to us. Correct? Okay. So when you pump one session, you just need to remove the pump parts and put it in the in the cooler bag. Okay. Mm. To make sure that it's cold, because the breast milk when it's in the is in the chill the chiller or is cold, is actually not yet um, uh, it's not oh, bouncy. Yeah. It's not bouncy. You see. So um you can actually use the pump again for the next session without washing it. You just have to wash it when you come back home and sterilize at home. Okay? okay. So um, you just need to keep the pump parts, everything inside the cooler bag or better still if you have a fridge inside your office. Put it, put it in a big, in a, in a tupperware, closed tupperware and then put it in the fridge and you use it, take it out whenever you want to use the, the breast pump. Okay, so you don't need to wash all the time. I have experience doing that and I almost give up breast pumping. Okay, yeah. so uh, when I found out that you can do this, that makes me easy. Yes. It makes my life easier and I don't feel it's a burden. Always, please uh, do not
0: think breastfeeding and breast pumping is a burden to you. Okay. Exactly, thank you. And and I, I agree as well. So I, I went on a journey where I actually... Wash and sterilize each time I pump. It takes out so much time. I was so behind with work, and oh it was just a frustrating journey. Until someone, someone uh, actually advised to me and said, "Like, look, Sarah, you just buy a ziplock bag. You just keep all your parts intact in the ziplock bag and keep it in your in the fridge or in the cooler bag." Yes, and you just use it after, which is so. It's like Godsend. It's like, oh my God, okay, here we go. I can pump anytime now. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um. We've got one question here. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's by Asma. Asma mm-hmm. asked. Um. Uh. With uh. dengan keep going when you're going on uh, breastfeeding. Huh? Is that uh. Okay, uh, perancang semula jadi. Uh, and does it become a uh, okay? I, I forgot what's perancang semula jadi in English, but uh, yeah. Con- natural contraception. Yes, natural contraception. Does it does it become that, um, or uh, does that mean like you know you have any chances of you know uh, being pregnant with a second child uh, or like you know uh, pregnant again?
1: Yeah. No, so I did not I did not touch about the benefits of breastfeeding earlier on, isn't it? So I'm gonna talk about the breast, the benefit for the mother. Okay, so uh, mothers, when you breastfeed, the first six months of life, okay, the first six months of life, usually you don't have any period or menses. Okay, if you don't have any menses and you are fully breastfeeding, that means you are not ovulating for the first six months of life. That is a natural contraception. Okay, it's called the lactational amenorrhea method. You don't have menses and you're using breastfeeding exclusively. So you don't have ovulation, so you don't get pregnant. So that is the natural contraception. But it only um, function the first six months of life. Beyond six months, when your baby starts to eat, you have less frequency of breastfeeding. You might ovulate. So you can get pregnant after that. So please use contraception after the six months. But if, let's say, during the first six months after confinement, you develop menses, you get your menses again on the third month and regularly, then that doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work as a natural contraception even though you breastfeed exclusively. Okay, so um, that could answer the question. And... Uh, the other benefits for mother of for breastfeeding is um, you have lower risk of getting ovarian and breast cancer in the long run. So that is the good thing about breastfeeding. Yeah.
0: Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing Dr. Zarina. Um, yeah. I think we've covered most of the our 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 topics that we want to share here. Yeah. Um Let's see if anyone does anyone have any more questions for Ponorehan and Dr. Zarina. Um, you you can feel free to unmute yourself and and ask them any questions as well. Yeah, you can you can ask, yeah. Directly. It's not easy to get me on the video. <laughs> yeah. I mean like the first time that I meet Dr. Zarina earlier this week, online of course, I, I was just like, wow. If only I spoke to her before I have my two kids, (laughs) my third child, I'll I'll come to you. (laughs) So I learned a lot actually from Dr. Zaini and Puan Nurihan as well. So, I mean like, there's so many of the products out there and it's important that you focus on what's most important first when you buy the products. So I think that's the most important uh, part. So that you don't like, also, one thing, When you go for like baby fares and all, make sure you have a list of things that you want to buy and stick to it. Don't go, suddenly you go like, oh my God, wow, there's another car seat. Oh wow. So (laughs) then you end up spending double than you usually do. So
1: yeah. Is Uh, there any questions from mommies? Are you you. you you. you Hi. Hi. Hai semua, um, nak tanya pasal skin-to-skin uh, itu, skin mm-hmm. um, kalau kita nak skin-to-skin, perlu skin, um, perlukah uh, macam nurse tu ambil baby tu untuk bersih-bersihkan dulu ke atau terus dia letak atas badan kita? Okay, um, practice yang terbaik Puan Aimee is to do skin-to-skin skin right after birth tanpa any gangguan ah uh, it should be right after the baby dah keluar je sebelum potong tadi pusat tu terus letak dekat perut terus biarkan dia duduk dekat perut ya yeah. kalau kita nak lap kita lap sendiri ambil kain lap sendiri badan baby yang basah tu then biarkan baby di dada sampai lah baby buat breast crawl dia pergi dekat breast kita dan the latch the first time so this should be the practice Kalau kata nurse nak ambil untuk cuci, untuk timbang, untuk ukur lep kepala, it should be after 1 hour Because that that uh, moment of skin to skin 1 hour tu Tidak boleh diganggu sebabnya baby baru keluar kan Baby baru keluar dari rahim, it's the first time dia masuk dunia ni So kalau kita nak bagi dia gentle transition to the world, kita buat skin to skin So that helps baby to be calm and mother point when you pegang dia pun you rasa le, you rasa tenang dan you rasa lega. Perlu salin, you rasa lega sangat dapat anak. So you pegang tu dapat membantu menenangkan both mum and baby. So it should be done before the nurse ambil. Kalau kata the nurse nak ambil, cakap nurse boleh tak saya pegang dulu? Lepas saya menyusukan anak baru nurse ambil untuk pergi timbang anak ke nak nak ukur leher kepala yang what not.
0: Okey? Okey. Sorry, i yeah. Thank you. Um, usually, so Welcome. in, in to skin like um, will hospitals allow this? Um, because oh yes, yes doctor. Sarah. Yeah. Breastfeeding friendly hospital. They
1: are supposed to do this because uh-huh. this is part of the breastfeeding practice. Okay. Uh uh-huh. it is actually part of the uh, successful steps to breastfeeding. So, right. so if at the hospital tak buat. You requested, please. Okay. Mothers, that's what I said. Mothers need to go attend classes so that you know your right as a mother, mm. and to get that mother-friendly care practice. Do it done on you during the birth. Mm.
0: Thank you, Doctor Darna, and thanks, okay. Aimee, for asking as well. Any um. other questions?
1: Yes, from Aimee, are there other question? that uh, that. Okay. Thank you for the question. Any other questions from other mummies? I don't see other mummies uh, their videos. They just um uh, stop their faces from being seen. So ah, is okay, there any we have other one
0: person? question. Yes, we okay. have one question in the chat. Um mm-hmm. can you tell us the advantage of hands-free breast pump and other breast pump? hands free breast pump okay um hands
1: free breast pump is actually for mothers young on the go you know you're always on meeting The masa nak pergi cari bilik nak breast pump so hands free pumping means you just buy the 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 flange you put it inside your bra kan and it is connected to any machines it can be connected to any machines so when you go for meeting, you can breast pump discreetly under your shirt. Mm. Okay? So uh hands-free breast pump too is more of a need. If you feel that you don't have time to pump, then you get the breast pump, uh, the the hands-free breast pump. It can be connected to any pumps, even with the pigeon breast pump. Pun boleh. Okay, so um um, but you need to know uh what what size to suit your breast lah. So you need to talk to the shop, uh, the, the 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 ladies in the shop how to get the proper shield size for your breast. Mm. Okay. And at please remember that you need to pump at least and when you are away from your baby nine hours, at least four times. Four times of pumping. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, four times I'm- um two to three hours once. Okay, but the duration between one session to another session does not need to be the same. You know, because sometimes you may not be able to make sure it's every two hours. Just make sure that you pump four times a day uh, Mm -hmm. during the nine hours shift, during the nine hours of working. Okay, then the rest of it is at home. Yeah, so just make sure that you pump to maintain your milk supply.
0: Okay. I think this is where the hands-free pump comes into uh, picture Handy. as well. Yeah, because when, it, uh, very easy. it's very uh. convenient and because you're doing it frequently at work, uh, that's yep. where you need to learn how to um, schedule your time properly. So if you know you have a meeting scheduled at probably 11 o'clock, uh, 11 a.m., and that's your pumping time. So that's where uh-huh. you need to like manage your time in terms of either do you pump early or do you want to tahan until after the meeting but my personal experience i say jangan tunggu after meeting do it before the meeting because yeah. if you go after the meeting sometimes by that time it's like your your breast will be so bengkak already uh-huh. so i it's a journey of also like you know um, uh, when you're when you breastfeeding at work as well it it teaches you how to manage your time so it challenges you to manage your time very well. So, I, I, because of that, I am now a more organized person, I would say, as compared to previously. So, that that's one of the good things uh, that, that comes out for me as well. And plus, the uh, most important thing is when you're at work, uh, make sure you share this with your superiors, your boss. Get them to understand this journey that you're going on. If your boss is not a mother or have have never had a child before, make, make them understand as well, so that you know they understand the need of you going away from from your desk, uh, or if you need to like express a lot of times, then they will understand better rather than them being disappointed with you. Like what's this? You you're not you're 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 slacking and all like uh, that. That's that's the key thing that you you want to try to avoid. So speak to your employer, especially your boss in terms of um, um, making sure that they understand you on this journey. Do we one have- thing, one thing about that employer thing is, um,
1: you can tell your boss that if you continue to breastfeed your baby, your baby will be very healthy. So your baby won't get any illness. So you don't have to take leave to take care of your baby. You know, that's one thing, good. You know. So that's how to get them to support you to breastfeed. Alright,
0: thank you. So I'm mindful of time. Um, it is already 4.30. Um, I would like to thank uh Rehan and also Dr. Zarina to sh- share this, this topic. I think I, I think one hour is memang no, not enough no. to talk about no. breastfeeding. No. But I mean, I thank you for both of you to share your time. And usually these kind of information, you can't just get it off a free session or, you know, you have to be going to a paid class. And thank you so much. And all, all these key points that you've shared today is, is very useful. And it's new knowledge to all of us as well. Um, even the mothers who have been breastfeeding for like how many years already. So there's a lot of new things that we learned today. So thank you, Ponorehan and Dr. Zarina. Um, before we, uh, we wrap up um, uh, uh, and also take a photo, uh, I'll get Jihoi to share, uh, just flash out um, a slide on Dr. Zarina's clinic. Um, so if you wish to, to reach out to Dr. Zarina, um, you can actually um, have, uh, have a visit, like go visit her clinic as well. And she does online classes now as well. So i just get Jihui to... Um, my clinic is a uh, clinic family
1: graviditis. It's located in Maju, session 5. So during this MCO, we are actually open 9.30am to 4.30pm from Monday to Saturday. So my clinic is actually a general practice clinic with a special service on breastfeeding. So we do check antenatal, we do have uh, other patients coming in. But uh, the special thing about it is we provide uh, lactation consultations for all mothers who have problems. And uh, apart from that, we also have our own Facebook and Instagram, which we can follow. Right, and uh, I do run online classes. Um, I have antenatal classes and baby care classes, what we call calm birth and calm baby class. So uh, we do it from WebEx platform, every Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, only once a month. Uh, So there are some dates for every month, so you can actually look up at our Facebook. And the next one is actually the, I do um, online calm breastfeeding series classes, which touch on four topics. So one topic every one Thursday of the month. So, um, basics of breastfeeding, challenges in breastfeeding, breastfeeding back to work, relactation and induced lactation. So, I do this every month for the mothers, um, whether you are a pregnant mother or you are an experienced mother, wanting to have um, a refresher. So, I welcome you to actually come online with me. Um, anything you can just um, inquire at the number there, at the WhatsApp number. Yeah, thank you, Sarah.
0: Um, I would also like to share to everyone um, and thank everyone for, for coming on board. And first, so we've come to the end. Um, and before we uh, conclude, thank you everyone for joining this session. Um, it's been amazing. And thank you, Pornorehan, and thank you, Dr. Sarina, as well for sharing. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. Thank, thank you, everybody. everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.